and welcome back to Cape Corner. Uh, nope, let me try that again. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I just woke up five minutes ago, or ten minutes ago. So you're uh, rusty, because last time we did this, you were tied up. Yeah, that's true. You know what, fuck it, let's just keep going. Uh <laughs> Where we explore the history, story, and cultural impact of a different character or group every episode. Season three, motherfucker! Blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, I'm Blue. I'm Jordan. I'm Jordan. And uh, as I said, I just woke up ten minutes ago, so <laughs> I'm I'm still my brain is still booting up. I woke up twenty minutes ago, but I'm basically a living nuclear battery, so. You lie to me. Why do you do this? Because you messaged me earlier than that. Did I? Yeah, you messaged me at like 8.44. Shit, I, I have no concept of time. <laughs> so it's been at least 25 minutes, you liar! <laughs> but anyway, uh, today, I've decided to not talk about a superhero anime or video game character, uh, but they are prevalent in nerd culture, unfortunately, and <laughs> and they are superhero adjacent with at least two superheroes. So uh, today we're talking about. Uh, I don't know of any other. Uh, nickname other than the meddling kids. Uh, uh, yeah, the, but um, yeah, I can't think of their nicknames. This got he's got to have his a nickname, right? He's got to. He, there's no way he. Hang on, like like I know danger prone Daphne. Uh, trap love Fred. <laughs> Yeah, I got nothing here. Yeah, uh, we're talking about uh, Mystery Inc., otherwise known as the Scooby Gang. Um, now, some of you might be going, Blue, it doesn't sound like you're even that big of a fan of Scooby-Doo, so why the fuck are you talking about them all of a sudden? Well, uh, there is an amazingly high-quality fan-made series that just started on YouTube like a week ago, called Mystery Incorporated. And, um... Am I typically the kind of guy that likes the Riverdale style of, like, let's take an old property and try to make it, like, gritty and sexy and edgy? No. (laughs) Um, But I don't think that that style in itself is always bad. I think it can be done well. And I honestly think that, at least from episode one, this has been done well so far. Um, so I do encourage people to go, uh, give it a look, but it seems neat. Um, but anyway, let's, let's talk. Oh, I just realized I've never watched Scoob, like that animated movie that came out a few years ago. So yeah, neither did I. (laughs) Okay. Well, it sounds like you're not even that big of a fan of Scooby-Doo either. No, well, see, here's the funny thing. I feel like I'm about the same level of fan as anyone else of Scooby-Doo, which is to <laughs> say, 
which is to say, I've barely seen any of his stuff, but God, do I love him. <laughs> I love Scooby, I love the gang. It's like, I know their whole deal with somehow without actually watching the show or most of the movies. Gotcha. We're <laughs> just so you know, I'm going to be talking about a bunch of the different shows, um, as well as like a couple of comic book variations. Um, one of the comic variations is like wild, honestly. Um, yeah, we mentioned that most of my experience comes from their crossovers with like Batman the Brave and the Bold and Supernatural. That's, that's where most of my talking points are coming from. Yeah, so why don't you describe what the Scooby Gang is? Uh, the, the Scooby Gang is a group of meddling kids who hang out with a talking dog and they solve mysteries and usually, from what I can tell, the the mysteries have a supernatural vibe to them, but then they turn out not to be supernatural. It's usually just some asshole wearing a mask. Yeah. Um, so the members are... Uh, I guess you could technically say, like, the quote-unquote leader is uh, Fred Jones, who is this blonde, square-jawed, broad-shouldered, uh, muscly motherfucker, um, who... Very Boy scouty. Yeah. Uh... Come on, gang, let's look for clues, you know? Yeah. Um, who has always been probably the most wonderbred, um, (laughs) up until, um, a a fantastic show called, um, Scooby-Doo Mystery, Inc., uh, which gave a lot of uh, fresh characterization to them, uh, gave Fred this character where he's like uh, obsessively interested in traps. Um, hmm. And first of all, there's a lot of jokes to be made there um, based on him being more interested in traps than Daphne. For hmm. anyone who may be doesn't know what a trap is. Um, I mean, like, okay, in the show, he's interested in actual literal traps, right? Like bear traps and, like, things to catch <laughs> um, their enemies. But, like, trap is also um, slang for, uh, mildly derogatory slang, actually, for um, a guy that looks like a girl. Um. Like there, there's some, there's some issue that the trans community has with the term, but technically speaking, the term isn't really meant to refer to trans people either. It's literally just meant to refer to, like, cis men that identify as men that are just so feminine that they look like women. Interesting. Um, but. There's still some negative connotation because, like, some guys use it because they feel literally like they've been trapped uh, into being gay, and it turns violent. And it's not. It's there's there's bad things with it. I don't personally consider it like a super offensive thing, but it's, you know, it's not really my call now, is it? So, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, I still think it's funny the uh, the whole Fred loves traps thing. Uh, then you got Daphne, who 
is rich as fuck. Um, always fashionable. Uh, and she has a history of, um, Okay, no. You know what? Actually, she doesn't. So here's the thing that the early, the, the first live-action Scooby-Doo movie did, which was weird. They, they were saying that she has a history of being a damsel in distress um, and that the rest of the gang always had to save her. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, but no more than any other member of the Scooby gang. Yeah. <laughs> like, every once in a while, each one of them will just get nabbed. So, like... yeah. But, uh, yeah, she she's. Oh, I should also say they've all got their own like little catchphrase or weird word that they say. So, Fred is known for "Let's split up, gang." Um, Daphne is known for "Jeepers." Oh yeah. Uh, you got Velma Dinkley. Oh, I get. I I forgot Daphne Blake. That's her name. All right, Velma Dinkley, um, is the best character (laughs) (laughs) of Scooby-Doo. She, the others are mostly there for show. Everyone calls uh, uh, Daphne the hot one. Velma's the hot one. Yeah, no. Uh, Chesty girl in a sweater. Yes, please. Turtleneck. Yeah, yeah, uh, Velma. Glasses, nerdy. I'm in. Dude, okay, especially in that Mystery Inc. show I was talking about. Not the not the live action one, Mystery Incorporated, the cartoon. Um they they did such a minor design change with her in that cartoon. They you know like the um the design of like animated eyes where like the the eye line comes out into like a little point, like almost like a mascara line. Kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah. Um, they, they made her eyes more narrow, more pointy using that. Um, they put a, a single little bow in her hair and they made her like a relentless shit talker. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, ah, oh, my heart. Yes. Um, yeah, like she's she's just real sassy in uh, that show. It's great, love it. But yeah, and isn't is... she isn't she typically the one that's like the firmest, you know, believer of yeah, the ghosts aren't real. You're all being scared over nothing. Yeah, well, that's because they had fucking like thirty years of, um, I mean, not like in their actual timeline, but you know, of the show just constantly catching assholes wearing masks like oil tycoon and whatnot (laughs) um who would always come up with these really weird elaborate hoaxes like i i was trying to scare this entire town away to like move away because i found out that there was oil under the town and i didn't want any of them to get a share of the money <laughs> the shit like that. Um so uh, yeah, like I don't blame her because the first time that they ever actually encountered anything supernatural, unless you're counting like the thirteen ghosts of Scooby Doo, which I think came out before it, was um 
But even then, Velma and them weren't there. The 13 of Ghosts of Scooby-Doo was literally only Shaggy and Scooby. Uh, I'll get into that show later. But um, uh, the first time Velma actually saw any supernatural shit was Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Okay. That, that didn't happen until, what, uh, 1999, 2000? Hmm. Something like that. Um, that was the first of, like, the animated movies. Of which there's now been, like, a thousand. So. Because uh, they, they pump one out, like, every year. I gotta go find some of them. Because anytime I've seen Scooby material, I love it. <laughs> it just, it's great. I remember the first four. Um, like, in order. I remember it was Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost, which had the Hex Girls. Oh my god, I love them. A bunch of these are available on HBO Max. This uh, podcast brought to you by HBO Max. Jordan, you're such a slut. <laughs> <laughs> um, then it was Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase, which I really liked because I'm a dork for Tron plots. Huh. Um, and then I remember the fourth one was, I, no, I don't remember its name. I remember it's the one where they were in Australia. They were going after an Australian vampire and Scooby and Shaggy found a couple of hot, uh, hippie girls, like a, (laughs) like a, like a hippie girl and her pet dog. And... They were like, oh, they're perfect. We love them. They eat dog food just like we do. <laughs> um, and it turned out they were aliens. So. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> um, so somewhere out in the cosmos, uh, Scooby and Shaggy have their soulmates just <laughs> hanging out up there. Um, but anyway... Okay, uh, I, I wasn't done talking about... Oh, yeah, so uh, Velma's deal is that um, she's always the one that figures out who the bad guy is. She's the one who solves the mystery. Mm-hmm. She's the actual detective uh, of this supposed detective agency. <laughs> uh, and she is so insanely like necessary and useful that in a pup named Scooby-Doo uh, when, which is a show about them all as little kids um, like as a kid she barely speaks but like anytime she does everyone fucking stops and listens to what she has to say <laughs> um there's Shaggy, who is very clearly based off of stoners of yes. the uh, hippie era. I yeah. mean, the guy fucking... He eats dog food. Yeah, he's he is stoned 24-7 on that show. Um, I guess I should say, I gave everyone else his real name. I hate his, but his name is Norville Rogers. Oh, Jesus. I never knew that. <laughs> yeah. Like Zoinks, like Zoinks, man. <laughs> Scoop, <laughs> we gotta get out of here. 
<laughs> I like doing a shaggy impression. Um, <laughs> and then there's Scooby Doo, who he's just a fucking dog. <laughs> like, is there anything special about him? I mean, I guess the fact that he can talk, and not every animal in this world seems able to do that, but nobody really fucking goes wild over that either. So I guess it's not that weird. Like, there's never a moment where it's like, right, how's it going? And they're like, what the fuck? That dog's talking! No, it's always just like, oh, uh, hi, strange dog. That's really funny. Yeah, Um, I love Scooby. Like, he's a coward like Shaggy. He eats a lot like Shaggy. Honestly, he's just an accessory to Shaggy. (laughs) Like, like, they eat the same dog food. They they both there's, run there's at the gonna same be a time. part where they make a comically tall sandwich and eat it one bite. Yeah. Or Scooby steals Shaggy's comically tall sandwich. Uh, yeah, I've seen life. I've seen three uh, other than like catching an episode of the cartoon here and there when I was growing up on like Cartoon Network. I've seen three specific Scooby Doo things, and in all three of them Shaggy and Scooby make a comically tall sandwich and eat it in one bite. It's it it's like between that and uh, a sequence where they're running in a hallway back and forth. Yes, the doors. doors in it. <laughs> <laughs> that's in um, all three of the things I like. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why I'm like uh, Scooby Doo is like the show that invented tropes for Western. <laughs> Um, like, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to say about Scooby himself because, like, any personality trait that I say from him is shaggy. They're cowardly, they eat ridiculous amounts of food. Um, uh, oh, I will say there's a meme about Shaggy these days, uh, that he's the most powerful fictional character secretly. Yeah, because yeah, because of that uh, screenshot of him from the movie. Go, are you challenging me? <laughs> yeah, well, it's a combination of that, and um, right around the same time that Dragon Ball Super premiered, Ultra Instinct, which is a, a form where Goku becomes nigh untouchable because his body moves on autopilot, allowing his conscious mind to. Basically, he gets the spider sense. It's what if Goku gets the spider sense, right? Huh. Um, and he becomes crazy powerful as a result. Um, around that same time, a Scooby Doo movie came out where some lady um, brainwashed uh, or like hypnotically suggested, rather, to Shaggy that when he heard some kind of sound, he would think that he was the biggest badass in the world. And so in this mode, he went into like a biker bar with like 50 bikers and got into a fight with them and beat the shit out of all 50 bikers. And so what someone did was they took the footage from that movie and put the Ultra Instinct theme song to it. And they were like, it's Ultra Instinct Shaggy. So between the Ultra Instinct Shaggy and the uh, the Matthew Lillard Shaggy, are you challenging me? Um, people started doing memes of like 
Uh, damn, good fight, Goku. You made me use 1% of my power. <laughs> <laughs> um, and stuff like that. Uh, and, and then there was a bunch of, like, fake um, behind-the-scenes screenshots of, like, um, Freddie Prince Jr., who played Fred, being like, um, yeah, a lot of people uh, don't know this, but uh, Matthew wasn't actually acting. He was uh, actually being possessed by the spirit of Shaggy, who is so powerful that he can't uh, be completely contained in a physical body. <laughs> Dude, I love that idea that, that Shaggy's just this <laughs> unstoppable force of nature. I, I think they're putting him in a... Is he in a video game now? Is he in a video game where Shaggy's got like ridiculous superpowers. Uh, I mean, I I think he's in the um, the new uh, Cartoon Network fighting game. That that's what I'm thinking of. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh. All right. So that's, uh, that's... it's voiced by Matthew Lillard. Yay! Sick. <laughs> um. So that's the basic cast of Scooby Doo, and um. Yeah, the the like we said before, the plots of what they deal with are classically. There seems to be a supernatural disturbance, but uh, they figure out that it's some guy in a mask, and they catch him. Um, and more recently, they've started getting into actual supernatural shit. Um. So, originally, there was the show um, Scooby Doo. Where are you? Which mm-hmm. I was saying before the the episode was recording, it genuinely sounds like some wannabe Beatles band from the late sixties, early seventies made a song about gibberish, yeah. and then some guy smoking a fucking cigar was like, "We could make something out of that. Let's make a show." And then somebody went, "Yeah, we can make a show, but what the fuck is a Scooby Doo?" And they'll be like. I don't know. We'll say it's a dog. They have a dog. I love because that song. the song it's is generic. The song is generic enough that, like, I feel like they could just um, the like the the corporation or whatever could have been like add a line in there that sounds like it's something about a fucking um, dog food or whatever, and they'll. <laughs> So Scooby Doo, if you come through, you're gonna have yourself a Scooby snack. And you're like, good enough. <laughs> um, and that was the that was a classic show. That shit was on rerun on Cartoon Network for fucking decades. Unironically, um, a great theme song. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I just love I, it. It's a good song. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it is, but I've heard it ten million times, so I kind of hate it. But uh, oh, see, I guess I'm I'm new enough to the to the all the Scooby Doo stuff that it's like when it starts playing when they meet you know Sam and Dean from Supernatural and there's like a scene where they're in the hallway and they start running through doors and the song starts playing. Well, I'm like cheering. Different. I'm like, that's yeah, different. the song. That's, that's different. You're not listening to the original song. You're listening to a fucking cover or a remaster. Okay. Well, I'm talking about like the old like. You can barely fucking hear it on the audio quality. 
Like, um, but yeah, so... So the song is good, but the original recording of it, maybe not. Yeah, sure. Like, I, I don't really like um, Beatles-esque, 60s-era psychedelic music. Um, uh, and it is very clearly that, so... Or like the fucking monkeys. <laughs> yeah, I like uh, that kind of stuff, so that that's probably why. Yeah, I guess psychedelic music isn't the right term for all of it, but it's like hippie music, so, you know. <laughs> um, and no, that's not a knock against hippies. I just don't like their music. It's fine. <laughs> I, can, I can dislike things. Uh, I do it very often. Welcome to Cape Corner. <laughs> uh, so, later on, they would start making more side series. Okay, for one thing, all right. Before we get into the side series, we got to talk about the elephant in the room, which is uh, a stupid fucking dog. And um, I guess I'll I'll use that opportunity to uh, have a ad break here. So oh, well up. played. Thanks. All right, we got to talk about Scrappy Doo. <laughs> yeah, I knew that was coming. <laughs> uh, so at some point they decided, hey. Scooby-Doo is not annoying enough. <laughs> I disagree. But they felt that they needed to give um, him a nephew. A la fucking Donald Duck with Huey, Dewey, and Louie. They... Which, you know what? I feel like there probably is inspiration there because Hanna-Barbera does seem to just rip off of Disney a lot. Um mm-hmm. But, yeah, they were like, give Scooby a nephew. And it's like, oh, should he be like Scooby, where he's sort of laid back a little cowardly? It's like, no, make him the most aggressive and ineffectual motherfucker in fiction. Um, mm-hmm. And thus they created Scrappy-Doo, who... what What's... Oh, his... Okay, right. I I forgot to keep mentioning. Okay, uh, Fred says, um, let's split up, gang. Daphne says Jeepers. Velma says Jinkies. Um, uh, Shaggy says Zoinks. Um, Scooby just says Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Um, and then Scrappy is Puppy Power. Uh, which I feel like you can only use that so long because you're only a puppy for like what two years. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, dog years and whatnot. So like, uh, but anyway, he he uses that. He he's constantly like, let me at him, let me at him, and like acting <laughs> like he's gonna fucking fist fight uh, some like uh, Jason Voorhees with a chainsaw or whatever, and it's like. You are a foot tall. Very Looney Tunes. Yeah, like you are a foot tall at best, sir. Get the fuck back. Um, and he he's like whenever he's around, he's like dragging Shaggy and Scooby into way more trouble than they're bargaining for. <laughs> um, there actually was I remember um a VHS tape I had growing up where um. Okay, Shaggy has two modes, right? He's got yeah. green shirt, and then he's got red shirt. 
Um, sometimes he'll he'll be in something wearing a red shirt. Um, I don't think I've seen him in a red shirt. Yeah, it's like his uh, it's like his secondary outfit. <laughs> um, but I remember there was a there was a like a, a direct to video movie with red shirt Shaggy where. Shaggy was related to some old motherfucker who passed away and in this guy's will all the family who wanted the estate had a fucking riddle game basically mm-hmm. um, and the entire movie other than like ducking and dodging the other family members who are trying to fucking murder them and stuff was just every time they got a clue, Scooby and Shaggy would be like, what the fuck does that mean? And Scrappy would solve it immediately. Yeah. Um, like, there was one that they found in a clock. And they, it was like um, something, something, uh, a talk. Uh, what you're looking for is in a tick. And they're like, what talk tick? What, 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 what does that mean? And then uh, Scrappy's immediately like, guys, don't you see what we're looking for is in a tick attic. <laughs> and then they went up to the attic and found the next clue. It was stuff like that. Um, That's so like some Adam West Batman level. It really was. <laughs> Um, oh, there was actually another director video movie I had growing up. I don't know why I had so many. Um, blame my mom. <laughs> um, where uh, it was like um, Shaggy was hired to be like essentially a substitute teacher at like an all girls school, uh, which sounds like the beginning of a hentai plot. Um, no comment? Okay, I'm just going to keep going then. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just let you, let you elaborate on that on your own. <laughs> I don't need to. You've either watched Hentai or you haven't. Moving <laughs> on. Um, but uh, you but get there and it turns out that it's like a school for monster girls. Mm. Um, so there's like a little mummy girl. There's like a, a Frankenstein like... Uh, skinny teenage girl um uh there's an unnecessarily attractive uh vampire girl mm-hmm. um who i i just remembered like existed as a thing like a year or two ago um and and so it, like of course because they're constantly afraid of monsters at first, they were like, oh, we can't teach this class. They, they're terrifying. But then, like, there was an evil plot that was endangering these girls. And Shaggy nutted up and, like, protected all of them. And he actually wound up becoming, like, a beloved teacher of theirs. That's and, great. That's great. Uh, I, I think recently, they actually referenced these monster girls. Because, like, um, Shaggy got like a letter and like a photo of all of them grown up now and they were like just really happy to get to talk to Shaggy again and I was mm. like that's so wholesome oh my god <laughs> um, 
All right. So uh, the, the big show. Okay. I think I want to say before a pop named Scooby-Doo came out, they did 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo. All right. Have you heard of 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo? I don't think I have. Okay, it was the first time when there was actual supernatural shit happening in Scooby-Doo, as far as my knowledge goes. Um, do you know who Vincent Price is? Yes. Uh, okay, he's a main character in the show. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, he is a dude that... Okay, imagine Doctor Strange, alright? Mm. Like, the, the hair, the, the popped collar, the mustache, everything... Now imagine if he was literally just a head in a crystal ball. Mm. There you go. There's been some praises there. <laughs> um, I can't I remember for, what for any was. listener who doesn't know who Vincent Price is, he famously played uh, like did he play Nosferatu? I think he did. Played like in vampire movies and stuff, creepy stuff from the like 30s and 40s. He's a yeah. He was um he was also in Thriller. Oh yeah. Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hours close at hand. I forgot that, that. That's cool. Yeah. Um so he he got to do an opening narration for 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo where the premise is that Scooby and Shaggy, I guess like we're going a wall from Mystery Inc. for a little bit, and they stupidly Ghostbusters 2 style unlocked uh, a seal that released 13 ghosts. <laughs> and Vincent Price's character was like the in charge of keeping those ghosts contained. He's like, All right, so you two gotta go fucking get them back. And um, Scooby and Shaggy are like, Are you gonna help us? And he's like, No, I'm ahead in the jar. And they're like, All right, but. <laughs> we we can't do it ourselves. And he's like, "Don't worry, you're gonna have the help of this little Mexican sidekick." Um, and so they got a Mexican sidekick boy in that series uh, named Flim Flam. That's hilarious. And I'm not making that up. And uh, he was just like a little, like twelve year old kid wearing like an April O'Neil style all yellow um like sweatsuit. <laughs> um I don't know if I talked enough about April O'Neil on my uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episode now that I think about it. I mean it might be for the best it would just be horny talk, but anyway. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. <laughs> uh <laughs> uh anyway, yeah, so it was Scooby, Shaggy and Flim Flam uh, going around uh, every episode was them hunting one of these 13 ghosts mm-hmm. and like fucking sealing them away in this book. It was pretty cool. Um, I, I actually liked it. So after that, I believe they did a pup named Scooby-Doo, which as I said was about them as kids. It was a much more comedy centric series. Um, like as as kids, they were playing up to their tropes a lot more. Uh, Freddie was a fucking idiot who uh, had an intense rivalry with a character named Red Herring. 
Mm-hmm. And so every episode, he would accuse Red Herring of being the bad guy. And uh, Red was constantly like, it's not me, you idiot. <laughs> and uh, as a kid, I didn't know what a Red Herring was. But as an adult, I really appreciate that pun. That's um, great. Uh, Daphne was like, okay, so in the original series, Daphne is from a rich family, the Blakes, but that barely ever is even mentioned. She's just kind of like a fashionable Valley Girls kind of deal. Mm. Um, but in a pup named Scooby-Doo, oh my god, she will never let it, anybody live down the fact that she is richer than they will ever be. Um, <laughs> She she flaunts that shit as much as possible. Um, like I said, Velma is practically nonverbal, but like every every episode, you'll get a moment where there's just a little jinkies, and they'll be like, oh, "Velma said jinkies, <laughs> must be a clue." <laughs> what do you got for us, Velma? <laughs> <laughs> um, and Scooby and Shaggy are pretty much the exact same. Yeah, <laughs> there's really no difference. In their characters, uh, they just talk in a higher pitch voice. Is all. Um, uh, what I do appreciate is that from the little bit of the Scoob animated movie I've seen, is that they actually do use the pup named Scooby Doo designs for That's those two characters uh, in their little flashback sequence of how they met. Um, All right. Uh, b- before we go on too much with like the different shows and movies and whatnot, um, so in this early era of Scooby Doo, there was also a couple of crossovers. So, uh, as we have mentioned before, the Scooby Gang has teamed up with Batman and Robin. Right. Um, they took down Joker, Penguin, and Riddler, I believe. Sounds right. Um, so they've got some experience with uh, dealing with superheroes, but Hannibal Barra has a couple of superheroes of their own. One is uh, Blue Falcon and his sidekick, uh, Dino Mutt. <laughs> uh, do you know about these characters? I've heard of Blue Falcon. I never knew about the sidekick. Uh, Dino Mutt is a robot dog. That's awesome. Um, he, he he sounds like this. Dino Mutt. <laughs> um, and he's got like go-go gadget stretchy limbs and everything. That's great. Like sometimes his head will pop off and he'll just be like, oh geez, someone help. <laughs> <laughs> but he's kind of a doofus. Um, oh, and those two were also in a Dexter's Laboratory episode. Um, and it was really good because Dexter was like frothing at the mouth of the fact that he thought Dino Mutt was such a useless ass robot. He was like, <laughs> Blue Falcon, why would you have such an incompetent fucking robot dog? He's like, oh, but I love Dino Mutt. He's like, hmm, but I'll upgrade him for you. And he wound up fucking creating Dino Mutt 2.0, which was like a vicious, like super angular. Oh, dear God, that's awesome. Like terrifying machine of war, essentially. And like, uh, it, it was basically like fucking Ed two hundred nine, in that it was putting down uh, 
criminals with extreme prejudice. Mm. And um, uh, Blue Falcon was like distraught. He's like, Dexter, what have you done to my beloved companion? He's like, I didn't do anything to him. He's like, what? He's like, I, I made that. Your fucking dog is back at my lab still if you want. <laughs> and uh, they had to wind, wind up like stopping um, uh, Dino Mutt 2.0 because they were like, it was threatening like jaywalkers with like missile strikes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, so Blue Falcon and Dino Mutt, they've teamed up with Scooby. And apparently, I guess, at least Blue Falcon was also in Scoob. Um, I only make this assumption because he's on the fucking movie poster. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, now, Blue Falcon is not the only Hanna-Barbera superhero. Um, I, I'm curious, do you know who the other one is? I have no idea. I mean, unless you count, like, Hong Kong Fooey, but no, I'm not talking about him. I don't know. Um, Birdman. Oh. Yeah. Uh, you might know of a show called Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. Yeah, I've heard of that. Um, well, that itself is a parody series of a bunch of Hanna-Barbera cartoons. <laughs> and, uh, like, like, that's got, like, Snagglepuss being, like, a fucking drug addict and shit like that. Um, uh, Harvey Birdman is uh, like he's literally just a superhero wearing a suit, like a business suit over top of his superhero costume. Um, he's like an attorney. Uh, and so uh, he's actually based off of Birdman, who was an old uh, Hanna-Barbera superhero, which is basically just a ripoff of Hawkman, if we're being completely honest. <laughs> Um, the only difference is he's also got, like, mild Green Lantern construct shit going on. Mm. Like, he can make a little, uh, like, an energy shield or shoot an energy beam as he flies. Um, he's also got a a pet bird a la Early Falcon. Hmm. Um, so he's basically, if they put Falcon... Hawkman and uh, Green Lantern in a blender. <laughs> um. Oh, I forgot. There's actually another animal bear superhero. Is Space Ghost? Um. I, I forgot for a moment that he was even Hanna Barbera. Um. But real quick about Birdman, the new um fan made TV show, um, Mystery Incorporated, mm-hmm. has. <laughs> As Birdman in it. Oh my god. Uh, as an actual lawyer just named Harvey Birdman. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um I I remember like because because like he's rambling and they're trying to get his attention and they're like, Harvey, Harvey, Harvey. And he's like, oh yeah. And then they're like, all right, Mr. Birdman, thank you for coming. And then I had to pause. I was like, wait a fucking second. That's brilliant. You can't get that by me. Brilliant. Um, yeah, Space Ghost uh, is is the last Hanna Barbera superhero I'll talk about, even if I think of another. Okay. All I was going to say about Space Ghost is that he uh, was another generic Hanna Barbera superhero, but in the nineties they did Space Ghost Coast to Coast, which was 
Um, the first instance of like a parody, like self-parody show that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just like a talk show. It was a bizarre fucking show. I rewatched the first episode of it a while back, and like the 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 pacing, the premise, everything about it is fucking bonkers. It's literally just what if Space Ghost had a had a talk show. And he's interviewing like real ass people, hmm. like celebrities of the day would get on there. It was weird, um, but anyway, all right, back to the shows and whatnot. Um, so after uh, Scooby Doo, where are you? Uh, fucking uh, thirteen ghosts of Scooby Doo and a pup named Scooby Doo. They just sort of coasted on that for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, they started doing animated movies. Uh, I know at the very least they did Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, where, again, the, it was such a big deal that there was actual supernatural phenomenon going on that the tagline for that movie in advertisements were was, this time, the monsters are real. <laughs> um, and that was enough to hook me in as a kid. I wound up watching that. Yeah, that's movie. pretty exciting. Um, that that's funny because like the the movie the the whole like movie universe of Scooby Doo, they're supposed to be older because in uh Zombie Island, which started the entire thing, um, they were already split up. They had already done a bunch of adventures as mystery Inc. Um, and they went their separate ways. Um, Scooby and Shaggy became airport luggage inspectors. <laughs> uh, uh, Fred became a cameraman for Daphne's new talk show. Yeah. She was a talk show host. Uh, that's wild. That's wild. And, um, uh, what the fuck was Velma doing? I think she was working in a bookstore. Yeah, that's still hot. Yeah. <laughs> She's the hot one. <laughs> yeah. I won't argue. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah, so what's funny is that, do, do you know the plot of Scooby-Doo and Zombie Island? I don't know it. I, I feel like I shouldn't spoil it for you because it's <laughs> a good movie. Um, I'll, I'll just give you a tease that uh, the zombies aren't the main threat in that movie. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. Something else going on. <laughs> um <laughs> But regardless, do not worry. the the plot The plot twist isn't. Ah, it was fake all along. No, it, it they are real monsters. It's legit. I like that. There's some situations where there's real where there's real monsters. That's pretty. Yeah, cool. I, I it mixes things up. It's cool. Um. Uh. So, following the sort of Scooby Doo revival of the early two thousands. They made a TV show with the most banger fucking theme song of any of these shows. (laughs) You can like the original theme songs covers all you want, 
but nothing's going to beat what's new Scooby-Doo. We're coming after you. We're going to solve that mystery. Oh, fucking love that shit. So good. <laughs> fucking like Fallout Boy-esque, like pop punk-ass song. And it's really good. <laughs> Have you ever heard that? I don't think I've heard that one. Uh, when we're done recording, look up the fucking What's New Scooby-Doo theme song. I will. Um, uh, it's, it's So, What's New Scooby-Doo sort of was like the show to usher in the revival era. Um, well, not usher in, but like ride the wave that the animated movies like Zombie Island started. And um, uh, from what I remember, it was a really good show. It was a lot more modernized. And um, like, again... Am I a huge Scooby-Doo fan? No, but <laughs> I've, I've clearly seen enough of it against my will <laughs> to know, <laughs> like, to know what's good and what isn't. Um, what's the Scooby-Doo was pretty good from what I saw. I saw, like, maybe four episodes of it. Um, they did Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost, which uh, they reference both Ben Ravencroft in the new Mystery Incorporated show, who's a character from that movie. And they also have the Hex Girls in the new show, which is great. The Hex Girls, um, they they appeared in Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost. They're a fucking three-man band of hot goth women. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they, they got this song that I was actually humming while you were in the bathroom, fucking I'm a hex girl, and I'm gonna put a spell on you. I'm gonna put a spell on you. So it's like kind of hocus pocus esque. Um. Uh, but what's really funny is so that like they show up, you know, they're dressed in, with like vampire fangs and like you know long nails, and they've got like little bat medallions and all this extreme gothic imagery. But, like, when the titular witch's ghost starts attacking uh, and, like, some dark magic shit is happening, um, they're, like, like the Scooby gang is, like, we, we need somebody to help counteract this dark magic. And they look at the Hex Girls, and the Hex Girls are, like, uh, hey, we just dress the part. Uh, we can't do anything about this shit. This is way above our pay grade. Like, we're, we're not, like, magic. And then <laughs> one of them goes... I mean, I'm a Wiccan. And they're <laughs> like, what? And she's like, I, yeah, I mean, like, my grandma was a Wiccan and stuff. And they're like, okay, cool, good enough. And they just shove a fucking magic book in her hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was funny. Um, the, so they seem like they're actually going to be, like, a big deal, like, main characters, potentially, in the Mystery Incorporated show. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I've mentioned my friend Riley a couple times on here. I know Riley is buzzing with excitement at that statement. <laughs> um, Scooby-Doo in the cyber chase where they weren't even fighting a monster. It was a literal computer virus. That's nuts. Oh, and what's really fun is that, um, because, they got sucked into a Scooby-Doo based video game that a friend of theirs made in their honor. Um, eventually when they get to the last level, which is the boardwalk, 
Mm-hmm. Um, they find their video game counterparts, so they're just doubles of them with slightly digitized voices. <laughs> and what's really funny is that uh, Shaggy in this movie, he's wearing his classic green shirt, but his they're all wearing alternate costumes, and so it's red oh, shirt great. Shaggy that he's interacting with. That's amazing. Um, yeah, like uh, Fred is wearing like a polo shirt that he wears in more modern things, but uh, his video game counterpart has the ascot. <laughs> so it's it's stuff like that. Um, uh, and it was it was fantastic. Uh, I really enjoyed that movie. Um, it's surprisingly dark because it was like if we don't defeat the virus uh, in time eventually when the game gets shut off we'll just fucking die oh god yeah that's much darker than I expected Scooby Doo to go (laughs) well if you think that's dark wait until you hear about the post-apocalypse comic book that there is oh god there's there's literally a post-apocalyptic Scooby Doo series in comics <laughs> where like Shaggy has a full on like full Spartan beard and um like uh they're all like grizzled like zombie hunters and shit <laughs> um, and uh I know at some point recently in comics there was like a big multiverse like crossover thing um, I don't know if it was like a full event or if it was just a couple pages, but like there was like five things where it was um, each of the five members just colliding with all of their alternate universe variations. So there'd be like 20 Daphne's on a page That's or like awesome. 20 Fred's or whatever. And uh, it would be everything from like the live action movie actors to um, like the, the fucking uh pup named scooby-doo versions uh and all of those um the one from that really gross art style cartoon that came out a couple years ago Mm -hmm. uh what what, what's it called scooby-doo i can't place the deal or some shit i don't know uh Scooby-Doo gets it together or some shit like that. Who fucking knows? Like, there's just... There's a cartoon that came out a couple years ago, and, uh, like, most revival cartoons try to keep at least a similar aesthetic. Like, Scooby-Doo Mystery Inc. has a similar aesthetic, even though the art style is a little bit different. But this one was just, like... What if we did fucking, uh, like... The Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack art style or fucking regular show art style mm. uh, for a Scooby-Doo show. And it looks so bizarre. I hate it. <laughs> um, okay. I do want to talk a little bit about um, the Mystery Inc. cartoon. Sure. Um, okay. So Velma has been uh, screwed over for romance plot lines in the whole franchise. Um, anytime there was any sort of romantic shit, it would go to Daphne. Yep, everyone uh, always underestimates the nerd. Yeah, uh, the, the first time that Velma was actually allowed to have a romantic side plot was actually in Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. 
mm-hmm. uh, where she uh, had a thing with this hunky gardener who turned out to be a hunky like FBI agent or some shit <laughs> um, named Bo. Uh, and, uh, of course that romance didn't last because he didn't come back as a character after that fucking movie. Right. Um, but in mystery Inc, uh, what's funny is that, uh, so they're in high school in this show. She's actually dating Shaggy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, which, which it's funny because they're dating, um, and I I don't think Fred and Daphne are. They're just, like, clearly romantically interested. Mm-hmm. But um, Velma is getting pissed off because every time she's like, hey, let's go somewhere tonight, you and me, Shaggy's like, oh, I can't. I'm clipping Scoob's toenails. <laughs> and it's like, can you, can you focus on me for a minute instead of your dog? He's like, why would I do that? So Shaggy turns out to be the worst boyfriend ever. Um, eventually they break up. And I guess after a little bit of soul searching in that series, uh, Velma realizes she's a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm aware of how sexuality actually works, but I can't help but make the joke. Shaggy, you were such a bad boyfriend. You turned your girlfriend gay. <laughs> Um, I'm very disappointed that he fumbled the bag like that. <laughs> Especially because that version of Velma is so top tier. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that so that's a an interesting series because that is the first one where it's not just week to week what what shit are we dealing with today? There's an actual overarching plot that connects the episodes. That's cool. I like that. There's an actual mystery that takes more than one episode to solve. Um, and it's like author, uh, I guess I should say that they're all from Coolsville, USA. Mm-hmm. Like that's real. That like they're from a town <laughs> called Coolsville, which I don't know if it's ever been given an actual state before. But in Mystery Incorporated, they say it's Coolsville, Ohio. Um, which sure, why not? Might as well. Uh, uh so in Mystery Inc., the cartoon. There, um, there's like some ancient shit going on beneath Coolsville, and like the entire town could be in danger if it's not for four fucking high schoolers and their pet dog, uh, <laughs> solving what's going on. If it wasn't for those meddling kids, yeah. Um, and I guess going from there to talk about the Mystery Incorporated show, um, when I say like it's like Riverdale esque, it's like darker and everything. There's like a couple of Mean Girls segments in there mm-hmm. with Daphne trying to like compete against uh, this girl named Ophelia, 
uh, for Homecoming Queen and shit like that. Um, I'm so mad that that they they didn't like reference the song because there's a bit where Daphne goes, "Oh, Ophelia," hmm. and I'm like, "You you can't say that and then not have the like in, in the background or whatever." But um, they better do it in episode two, or I'll be mad. Uh, <laughs> because <laughs> there's so much music that they use in this fucking thing and they didn't do Ophelia. hurtful um uh fred's parents are murdered like that's how the show opens oh shit yeah <laughs> yeah apparently by asmodeus okay I- i'm guessing you don't that that's a devil yeah okay just want to make sure that's um is that like yeah never mind <laughs> it's 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 some version of the devil line uh for some reason i'm wanting to say devil of lust but i feel like that's wrong maybe i the only place i've heard of uh, asmodeus before is from supernatural but the theology of all that stuff is the the mythology of the show is bizarre. So I don't know. Gotcha. I know Asmodeus is in Helltaker, but I only played that once. That, that's a horny game. <laughs> I did. I knew it was like a puzzle game with cute devil ladies and stuff, but I didn't realize the plot was literally that you're just playing some Chad who's like, I'm going to kill myself and go to hell so that I can make a hot demon harem. My God, <laughs> sounds like a dream. It. Yeah, that, that's he. He had. He was like, I, I have no need to think about things any further than that. I, I'm not overcomplicating this. Mm-hmm. I want my hot demon skanks. This is how I'm going to do it. He, <laughs> he made a plan and he followed it through. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, did they give uh, just back on the Velma thing? Did they do a romantic thing with Velma in the live action movie? Uh, not yet. I, I don't know if they will. But oh, in the show, but I mean, like the movie from like oh, like the movie twenty years ago or whenever that was. <laughs> um, because they cast not... Linda Cardellini as Velma, okay, who's like objectively one of the hottest people to ever exist. Well, that's the thing. In the second one, they they were trying to pimp Velma out, essentially, oh, and man. and there's a scene where she's in this like full body like lycra like shiny orange <laughs> like leather like skin suit almost like it's unzipped down to show off her cleavage and um like they made her look like hot, but. Mm. The joke is that even though she looks fucking like stone cold sexy and everything, every time she moves, she's like squeaking and she can barely move and she's uncomfortable. Um, and so it winds up not being nearly as hot as you would imagine. That's funny. Um, and it's like, you could have just given her like normal clothes, like did yeah. her makeup, took off her glasses, do the hair and everything. And there you go. But, because, like, really, it's all about that, like, terrible bob that she has, right? Like, Yeah. Yeah. 
that's the main thing like maybe give her some slimmer glasses that don't eat up half of her face um change her hair a little bit and and like you don't even really need to change the makeup that much people be like oh she's covered in freckles that's cute yeah (laughs) we like that uh, they did a little bit of a thing with her in the uh, the supernatural crossover. Uh, oh yeah, where so the 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 idea of the supernatural crossover is that there is some possessed item that has like the the spirit of a ghost in it, and the item gets affixed to a TV, and the TV's playing Scooby Doo, and then the TV becomes cursed and sucks Sam and Dean into the world of this episode. And it's like a particular oh, episode that they get pulled into. Uh, okay. <laughs> like it's, it's, wait, I know, I know I've got pulled up. Let me pull it up. The episode that they get pulled into is, damn it. Now I can't find it. Oh yeah. A fright, a night of fright is no delight is the name of the episode that they get pulled into. It's like a specific episode from Scooby-Doo. And, uh, there's kind of a running joke in the whole crossover because Dean, apparent like Dean's the cool guy, you know, who's like getting all the women. He drives his cool car, but he's secretly it turns out like an uber nerd for Scooby Doo, and he's seen like every episode and is just obsessed with the whole concept. And I just think that was a very fun bit of character <laughs> to give Dean. And so right. he's so happy to be in this particular episode. It's like his favorite one. And so he's trying to predict what's going to happen. But of course, the episode's been cursed now, so things aren't going the way the episode was supposed to go. I I don't memorize these things by their generic ass names. Can you tell me who the it's, villain of that episode was? I, I don't remember who the villain is, but the plot is that Scooby-Doo has been invited because some dude has died. And it's, it's very similar to the one you were talking about earlier with a will, but it sounds different. Because the will is that this mansion is haunted, and you all have to stay here for one night. And if you can, if you stay here, you get the money. And it was like Scooby's the heir, Scooby's in the will. I don't know. Uh, it was weird, but uh, so you know, usually the plot is going to turn out that it's just some guy. But of course, this is the show Supernatural, so there's actually a ghost in here now with them. And so it's really funny to see the Scooby gang keep writing stuff off, uh, particularly Velma, as like, ah, that's not real. They definitely, that must have been like a hologram projector or a tripwire or something. None of this is real. And of course, Sam and Dean know that it is very real. And so they wind up, there's a very fun moment in that where they wind up having to tell the Scooby gang that ghosts are real and that all of this shit is real. And that I know that you're not used to this, but this is how it is. And they all go into an immediate existential crisis. <laughs> and like yeah. Fred's yeah. like banging his head against a tree. And he's saying, we could have been stopping real problems this whole time. And we've just been going after creeps and masks. And Daphne's saying, if ghosts are real, that means the afterlife is real. And there could yeah. be a hell. Am I going to hell? I saw that. I saw that clip. <laughs> They're all just panicking and having this. And and Shaggy's like, "We've been telling you guys for years that ghosts are real, and you never listen to us." 
<laughs> it is it's really funny that <laughs> they all just break down. And um it, it was it's, oh anyway, the, the Velma thing is they have where Velma has this huge crush on Sam. And so she keeps like following him around, like hanging on his arm, They're, like talking about how broad his shoulders are, and, and it's, it's really funny. Um, I I always find it a little odd that she seems to go after like big burly guys. Like yeah. I mean, <laughs> and that's exactly what Sam is. Sam's like six three. He's a big build. Because, like, if you see what Bo from um, uh, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island looks like, it's mm-hmm. like, Velma, I feel like you have a type. <laughs> yeah, she keeps, like, talking to him, like, be careful not to, like, you know, knock anything over with those shoulders. <laughs> no, you know what? Okay, wait. I just realized this is canon because she was also, she had it bad for Johnny Bravo. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, they Did also have know, a, a plot that? Line that what that Johnny Bravo. There was a crossover with Johnny Bravo. I did not know that. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, so famously, Johnny Bravo. We've never seen his face uh, without his sunglasses. Right. So there's the part where um, Velma and Johnny crash into each other, and um, she's like, "My glasses. I can't see without my glasses," which is a, a common bit in the old days. Yeah. And then you see him covering his eyes, and he's like. My glasses. I can't be seen without my glasses. <laughs> and and they wound up gra- grabbing each other's glasses. And um, uh, Velma's just like, Jinkies, I'm blind. And uh, Johnny just like really quickly switches their glasses. That's really funny. She, she's like fawning over him. It's, uh. That's, yeah, so she definitely has a type. They, yeah. <laughs> they also have a running joke in that episode of Dean really wanting to get with Daphne and she's just like completely oblivious to him like she just is barely aware that he's there and it's really funny because he's usually very successful with uh, hitting on women I mean if he's such a fucking fan of the show then he should know that like she's she's not really about that non-Fred life yeah I know but he he thinks he's gonna try anyway (laughs) keeps saying what what has Fred got that I don't have uh I remember at some point he's like walking around and he just asks Daphne, Hey, you know, so like, what would you say your type is? And she's like, just describes Fred. <laughs> she like even mentions the ascot. I was going <laughs> to really say, it's the ascot. Um, Oh gosh. It's a great episode. At some point, the angel Castiel gets brought into the episode with them. And uh, they all split up, of course. And Castiel gets sent with uh, Shaggy and Scooby, and he says, "I used to lead the the armies of God, and now I'm stuck with a scruffy Philistine and a talking dog." <laughs> it's just he cracks me up. I like Castiel. Something about that felt like offensive. Jesus. Yeah, it feels like it should be, but it's just <laughs> really funny. Uh... <laughs> he managed to say it like a slur. And it was yeah. really funny. Like I had to, I had to think for a moment. I was like, "Is Philistine a slur?" I know it. I, it took me a minute when I first heard the line. I was like, "How how offended should I be that he's called Jaggy a Philistine?" <laughs> like Jesus, <laughs> that was not necessary. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love Castiel, and they do. Sir. 
<laughs> they do the doors thing with the the music, everyone yeah. running through doors and popping up in other doors. And then my favorite part of the episode is finally Sam and Dean managed to use you know a circle of salt to trap the ghost, and they realize that the vengeful spirit is just a small child who was killed very young, and they managed to promise him that they're going to destroy the uh, cursed object that's tethering him to to the world if he does them a favor. And the favor is he pretends to be just some creepy guy in a mask so that they can calm down the Scooby gang from their existential crisis. So it's really great that the Scooby gang comes in. Sam and Dean are like, we caught him. You guys were right. There are no ghosts. Look, it's just some dude in a mask. <laughs> I thought that was great. And so they're all like, we told you ghosts weren't real. And they all leave and they're very proud of themselves. And then the creepy dude in a mask shapeshifts back into the ghost of a small child. And uh, Sam and Dean leave. It was very, it was a very fun way to blend uh, the, the concepts of both shows into an episode. Uh, yeah. And what was, fun. what was extra fun is then they pay it off anyway. Because when Sam and Dean get back to the real world, they realize that some rich asshole has been planting this cursed object in things in order to scare away, you know, uh, businesses <laughs> so that he can own all of the stores on this like shopping block. And, oh. and so they call the police on him and reveal all of his tax fraud. And then Sam saying, I guess the Scooby gang was right. It was just some rich hassle after all. And then as yeah. the cops are putting him in the car, he goes, I'd have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for those meddling kids. And he points at Sam and Dean. Oh, my God. And Dean goes, oh, he said it. He Dude. said the line. Uh, it was great. It's like my all-time. I, like, I don't know much about Scooby-Doo, but that crossover is spectacular. Yeah. I love it. It's a great episode. Um. I do also want to point out, like, uh, I guess we're heading into our um, cultural impact section right now. Yeah. I didn't really do anything for real world history, but, like, I I don't know any of the real world history. I and feel like the, the shows are the real world history. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in terms of cultural impact, I was going to say real quick, um, that that hallway running thing is parodied <laughs> so much. Um, <laughs> Teen Titans did it in their episode in mad mod which is really funny because that entire the, the entire sequence um that included the running with the doors um mm -hmm. like parody to scooby-doo chase sequence and um i don't know if you know um the the teen titans theme song um was done by a japanese uh pop duo called hi hi puffy ami yumi okay um or just Puffy Amiyumi. I think Hi Hi might have been the uh, the little cartoon that they had, the brief, the short lived cartoon on Cartoon Network. But um, uh, Hi Hi Puffy or Puffy Amiyumi would occasionally do a random song in the Teen Titans cartoon, and they did like a fucking monkeys Beatles esque like seventies <laughs> era psychedelic track. Um, in Japanese <laughs> uh, for the Teen Titans to run around chasing Mad Bod in this Scooby-Doo homage section too. Nice. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, like I said, they've they've crossed over with fucking uh, uh, Batman. They've crossed over with Johnny Bravo. They've crossed <coughs> over with John Cena. <laughs> and they've crossed over with Supernatural. They've crossed over with multiple Batmans. the The Scooby multiverse is pretty big. Yeah, they. I mean, they're like Kingdom Hearts <laughs> before Kingdom Hearts was. Oh my god. Um, uh no, I legitimately if um if Sora ever meets like Scooby Doo, oh god, then then that will like because that will connect <laughs> Mario to Batman. <laughs> I'm betting I can already connect Mario to Batman if I think about it long enough. Uh, good luck. Uh, <laughs> I'm betting I can do it. Uh, yeah, there's, you, you know, what's, uh, ridiculous, uh, the, the premise of the Scooby snack has created two separate products, mm-hmm. um, and be careful which one you buy, because one of them is a snack pack for human children, um, and the other is dog food. <laughs> and they are both labeled as Scooby snacks. That's funny. Um, and like, I'm sure, like, if you just read the box, you'll know which one it is. But like, you know, if you're in a rush and you just grab something based on packaging and you don't like read it too hard, uh, you might wind up feeding your kids some fucking dog treats. Oh so, my god. Uh, that's why I'm like, just just be careful with that one. Um. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything else like that. Oh, uh, Scooby-Doo had an era where they would just have celebrities pop up in the episode. There was an episode that had Don Knotts. Um, can I be real with you? Um, I don't understand why Don Knotts ever got famous. I don't think he's a very funny actor. I don't think he's I don't a very funny actor. Is. He was the guy from the Andy Griffith show. Just, well, Andy, what are you going to fucking do about it? <laughs> um, it, that, that's all it was. He was the bumbling uh, deputy in the Andy Griffith show. And I guess that was enough for him to make a career and get on a fucking Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> um, I think they had like Joan Rivers or some shit. Uh, God. They just had a bunch of like 70s, 80s celebrities. Because there was a bit where it would be like, this episode, Don Knotts or, or whatever. Like every, like there was a run where every episode at the beginning of the show, after the theme song, they would just be like, today's celebrity is X. And uh, so they would find some way to shoehorn that character into the plot of the episode. Mm-hmm. But, but they were playing themselves. So like they, they wouldn't be like some rando voiced by Don Knotts. Like literally every time, like when he popped up, it was like Velma would be like, look, it's Don Knotts. <laughs> like they were meeting an actual celebrity. And it was just like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, 
what what are some of the other like directed video shits that they've done? Because I I they there was the thing with John Cena, but I think there was also just a straight up WWE. Um, they've crossover. they've done the uh, the crossover with Batman: The Brave and the Bold, which I really enjoyed. Uh, right. Also on HBO Max, uh, where also Batman: The Brave and the Bold fits the tone of Scooby-Doo perfectly. Have you ever watched Brave and the Bold? I've seen like one episode of it, and I agree with you. Yeah, because it's not, you know, for, for reference, dear listener, it's not the uh, the Kevin Conroy-esque, you know, I am vengeance, I am the knight kind of Batman. It's, it's more Adam West, for sure. It's, much, it's Adam West if he was really, really cool. Um, <laughs> and it's like, you know, Grodd, you're deceptive schemes won't work today i'm going to stop you it's all these you know silly little things yeah it's a little like um it it, it's giving a little bit of captain kirk yes (laughs) (laughs) uh he's always dealing with the he's got aquaman in it and every time aquaman shows up he'll find some excuse to be impressed by something and then aquaman goes outrageous that's his catchphrase on the show Jesus. I absolutely love that. It makes me happy every time Aquaman does it. But they did a big crossover with uh, Scooby-Doo where it's it's another one of those, here's a ghost, there's a ghost, oh no, we've got to figure out what's up with the ghost. And of course it winds up turning out. <laughs> I, like, I just want that to be the plot synopsis of every Scooby-Doo thing ever <laughs> There's a ghost. Oh no! What about the ghost? We got to figure out what the ghost is. Up to. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord! Yeah, it, it's of course it turns out it's not a ghost. This one's a bit more uh, sci-fi, where it's like there was some sort of interdimensional experiment gone wrong, and there's now some being who's been trapped between dimensions. So he seems like a ghost to us, and we got to figure out how to save him because he's been lost there for so long that he's lost his mind and he's become rageful. So it's, he's That's a ghost. Episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's, yes! They basically do season four of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And... No, 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 no. That's a season one episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, was it? Yeah, where they were like, um, they were having the whole debate of like, ghosts aren't real and all that shit. Um, and but then, like, this dude keeps, like, phasing in and out of attacks and, like, oh, disappearing yeah. and appearing. And this woman thought she was being haunted. Um, uh, and it was it was literally a guy who fucked with, like, a quantum collider or some shit. And the explosion oh, yeah. killed But he had, like, a wrench. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And so they've got to figure out how to stop that. And there's a great moment where... Uh, the Scooby gang all gets dressed up and they do in, in like bat costumes, like Batman's been captured and they got to go help Batman. And I think they had Fred wearing like a particular Batman costume. I can't remember which one he's wearing, but they had Shaggy wearing a Nightwing costume, but it's like the old school, like heavily accentuated V neck, uh, (laughs) Nightwing costume with the big the collar. Disco era. Yeah, the disco Nightwing costume. They have uh, Daphne in the Batgirl costume, and they have Velma in the uh, Carrie. What was her name? The the Robin. Carrie that's a girl. Lee. 
Carrie Kelly Robin costume with the big glasses. It was very, very good. And I th- oh, and they've got uh, Scooby wearing uh, the Ace the Bat Hound. Ace the Bat Hound. Nice. <laughs> it was great. It, it was wonderful. Absolutely delightful. Uh, that's uh, it's great. I love it. And they do the doors in that one as well. <laughs> uh, they go to they go to Arkham Asylum and they're being chased by a bunch of Arkham inmates in and out of doors. Uh, and it's, that's it's brilliant. Uh, I gotta I gotta say real quick, um, something that's been bugging me. Um, I, I feel like I have cursed the world with the Legion of Super Pets. Um, <laughs> uh, wh- first of all, of all the voice actors in all the world, why the fuck did you get Kevin Hart to voice Ace? <laughs> um, and second, uh, why the fuck did you give Ace powers? Oh, does he have powers in the movie? He is indestructible in the oh, movie. Oh, that's dumb. Yeah. The entire point is that he's fucking Batman's dog, and Batman doesn't need powers to be on the Justice League, so Ace doesn't need powers to be on the fucking Legion of Super Pets. That's dumb. I mean, it does seem like it's a very different... It's not really the Legion of Super Pets, like, comic. It's, yeah, it's not. They, they, they gathered a bunch of random fucking... Um, uh, animals, and we're like, oh, you're going to be based on this hero, even if you have nothing. Like, there's a yeah. pig who has the power to gigantify herself, but just because she's a girl pig, they make her Wonder Woman's thing. Really um, it's basically and, Secret Life of Pets, but some superhero-ish stuff thrown into it. Yeah, there's a there's a squirrel who's like, well, you all got powers, <laughs> and I got... And then he just starts shooting lightning and screaming. Oh my god. Um, which I think is kind of funny, but um, but who the fuck is he going to be? I don't know because there he can't be Flash because there's a turtle that moves really fast. <laughs> so, so I'm assuming that turtle is the Flashes. So who the what is Cyborg? Uh, fucking Aquaman? Who fucking knows? Mm. Um, oh my god! I just realized if he is Aquaman's pet, then he could totally do a Sandy Cheeks kind of situation. Oh my and god! Be a squirrel wearing a diving suit. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, sorry. Just you mentioned Ace, and uh, <laughs> it, it so you, you take the mind. deep breath and go. Apparently, that's a trigger for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've got so many. I'm, the, I'm like the, a, I'm like <laughs> a single gun that's just covered in triggers. <laughs> that's brilliant. They've crossed over with a bunch of Batman. They've also crossed over with... They've they've stopped a Joker that was played by Mark Hamill at some point. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and then I think I might have already mentioned this on the Joker episode, but it, it merits repeating here, that then, like, a month or two later, there was an episode where they actually meet Mark Hamill, and... <laughs> And he's like in the in the van with them, and he goes, "Yeah, I know all about you kids. You're the you're the guys that helped Batman stop the Joker that one time, right?" And they go, "Well, how'd you know that, Mister Hamill?" And he goes, "Oh, I have my sources." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it was really funny. Uh, that's great. Love that. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest strengths of Scooby Doo is that it's it's. Not usually too serious. They're they're very tongue in cheek. 
Um, like, and I think that's par- part of what scares some people about the new YouTube series is that it is very serious. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, like I said, uh, Daphne's part of like a mean girl situation. Fred is trying to find his parents' killer. Uh, actually, they're not even gathered. Um, at the end of the first episode, it's literally just Fred and Velma have started mm-hmm. working together because um, Velma's uh, father was murdered by Asmodeus as well, apparently. And yeah. she brought it up to Fred. He became obsessive. She was like, look, I just blurted that out. I don't actually believe that that's what happened. Um, like, I- I'm a woman of science. And, uh, and so he's like, all right, well, convince me. Convince me that this is all bullshit then. And um, she takes him to her mom's bookstore and they find an ancient Latin tome. He forces her to read it and they summon the fucking minor 49er. Oh my God. Which is a classic um, Scooby-Doo villain. And uh, they unleash something called the 13 Pillars, which means it's the fucking 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo, baby. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like... uh, shaggy okay so shaggy's thing in this is that um people don't know he's shaggy shaggy is a mysterious like rave thrower in coolsville uh that everyone is into but nobody knows that he's norval rogers um who gets bullied um he's also bullied into like pushing drugs (laughs) for a couple of jocks uh uh Scooby is like a service dog uh, because this is actually canon is that um, Shaggy's dad is the sheriff of Coolsville. Mm -hmm. Um, So Scooby's like a former like uh, police dog basically. Um, Scooby's a real ass dog by the way in this show like he's just a real dog and being a real dog being a real Great Dane um he's got real big nuts and they, they sure, they sure do swing in this first episode. Like, wow, I didn't need to see that, but hmm. that's, that's on camera. That's on YouTube. <laughs> my, my mind will never be clean again. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Velma, Fred, Daphne, Shake. Yeah, that's all of them. Uh, yeah, so that that's the sort of uh, thing that they're going with. Oh, uh, Daphne did see the tail end of them sealing a demon away. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just kind of like, what the fuck? Um, so <laughs> it seems like she might be the next one to join them in the next episode. Um They, they they definitely spent time showing the pressures that they're each going through. Like Daphne is encouraged by her mother to be a bitch. Um, like she's literally like, we're, we're the Blakes. And in this town, that means everything. Envy is a powerful tool, Daphne. And it's right at your disposal. Use it. Hmm. So she's encouraging her daughter to make other people like jealous of her and stuff. Yeah. Um so she's got this pressure to constantly be pretty and perfect and um 
like can't be overly friendly with people. Interesting. Yeah. Um I I'm I'm interested because um your your favorite thing to mention is multiverse thinking. Yes. It is a, insanely easy for me to get behind that with Scooby-Doo unlike a lot of other series cuz one again Despite my experience with the franchise, I'm not overly invested in it. Yeah. And two, if you want Goofy, there's 10 million fucking shows of this shit. (laughs) You can find it. Every once in a while, it's fine to have a fucking Mystery Incorporated YouTube series, or it's fine to have a fucking post-apocalypse comic book, because for every one serious thing... In Scooby-Doo, there's a hundred goofy things. Um, th- this is not... This is not... There's only been three live-action movie Superman. <laughs> this is not... I'm worried because a lot of people seem to think that this is the the best depiction of Superman. Um, and the, they don't want the old Christopher Reeves kind of shit. No, th- this is... Who gives a fuck if there's a... This isn't even like an actual Hanna-Barbera-made series. So, yeah. so really, how many actual canon serious Scooby-Doo things have we ever had? I can think of one, and it's the post-apocalypse one. Interesting. Like Everything else has always been more comedic. Even, like, the Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island shit... Um, still had them doing their food gags, except in that movie they're in Louisiana, so it was crawdads instead of comically tall sandwiches. <laughs> oh wait, no! They did do comically tall sandwiches when they were still at the airport. Never mind. I love the comically tall sandwiches. They they made a joke out of it because in the supernatural thing, obviously when they go into the Scooby-Doo world, they're animated. And it was very fun to see Sam and Dean as drawings. But they meet the Scooby gang and Dean immediately sits down next to Shaggy and Scooby and all three of them make a comically tall sandwich and put it in their mouth in one bite. But Dean doesn't eat it. He just puts it in his mouth and he goes, Sam, look how big my mouth is. (laughs) It was really funny. Jesus Christ. Um, what you know what you know what Loki bugged me about those sandwiches is that every time that they make it, they, they put a toothpick with an olive on top. But it's like the point of the toothpick is to hold normal size sandwiches together. Mm-hmm. But you just got this random fucking toothpick in, in the top of the sandwich going they can't like possibly be doing anything. Yeah, it's really not. And what's worse is like a lot of times it seems like they eat the fucking toothpick. And I'm like, are you fucking animals? I mean, <laughs> Scooby, obviously, but you know what I mean. Yep. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, the, the 42 minutes of that Supernatural Scooby-Doo crossover is like one of my favorite episodes of television ever made for anything. Jeez. But what's also <laughs> funny is that the, the sandwich gag is actually used in Steven Universe. Um, oh my god, that's great. Yeah, uh, have you ever seen Steven Universe? I have not. It's fantastic. Uh, it made me cry a lot. It's not nice. Uh, that's what uh, I've heard. I've heard that it's very emotional. <laughs> um, there's uh, there's an extended 
intro video that they premiered for San Diego Comic-Con. Um, and in it, Amethyst eats a big... Si- so Amethyst Steel is like, she's one of the only gems that actually eats because they're they're like, long story short, they're like aliens that their bodies are like holographic light made solid mm-hmm. um, that are projected from the gemstones, which is actually the core of their being. Um, and so... They don't need food. They don't age. They don't need sleep. Um, in fact, Pearl gets actively repulsed at the act of eating because she's she says, "quote uh, feeling slime go through my body is disgusting." Mm-hmm. Um, and Amethyst is like, I, "I like the feeling of slime going through my body. It feels weird, but like she'll eat fucking anything, including like non edible shit." So she. She just like puts this entire plate of um of a comically tall sandwich in her mouth and pulls it out and then the plate itself has a bite mark out of it. Oh my god, that's great. Uh, so needless to say, Scooby Doo has influenced uh, a lot of Western culture. Uh, again, it should be obvious given the fact that I've almost never actively sought out to watch Scooby Doo. Yeah, and yet you just heard how much shit I've seen of Scooby Doo. <laughs> I couldn't get away from it. Um, it's very hard for anyone to not at least have a passing knowledge of Scooby Doo uh, in America. So, yeah. um, I think I think we did a pretty good job today. Um. Do you have any closing thoughts with Scooby-Doo before we do our wrap-up? No, I'm still trying to figure out how to multiversally connect Mario to Batman. (laughs) (laughs) I'll figure it out, don't you worry. This is is just the nerd version of uh, Five Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Well, see, here's what I've I've come up with so far. Because we know that we can connect Scooby-Doo, we we know that we can connect Batman to a whole bunch of shit. Because he's crossed uh-huh. over with Scooby-Doo, he's crossed over with the Power Rangers, the Power Rangers have crossed over with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have crossed over with Daredevil, so you can connect Batman to anything associated with Marvel, DC, Power Rangers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Scooby-Doo. Okay, We've got hang, a- on a, hang on a second. Why didn't you just go Batman to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Oh, I forgot about that one. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's, it's worth noting that the Power Rangers are in there as well. Yeah. And <laughs> I just like throwing them in. Um, Marvel crossed over with Transformers. Okay. Marvel crossed over with Transformers. Um, uh, see, what I'm trying to get to is... Here's the here's the linchpin. Sora's about to be in Smash Bros. He is in Smash Bros. Oh, he is now? He's been for a while, yes. Oh, I thought that was like an announcement of something that's coming up. Okay, cool. No, no, they announced it, and then, like, the next day he was in the game. Oh, shit, cool. Okay, yeah. so he's in Smash Bros. So that does multiversally connect uh, Mario to anything to that Sora has been multiversally connected yeah, to. Which is which is Disney, Nightmare Before Christmas, um, Final Fantasy. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy has uh, crossed over with Star Wars. I think. Has it really? I think it has. Uh, Maybe I'm confused. Maybe I'm thinking of some other video game. 
Uh, I was going to say, that sounds weird, and, like, I should have heard of that. Has, has Kingdom Hearts... Okay, what is Kingdom Hearts? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to process this. If we, if we can get any of them back to Marvel, we can do it. Uh, okay, wait. <laughs> uh, Lilo and Stitch, which is crossed over with Sweet Life on Deck. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, uh... <laughs> I'm trying, man. Now you got me really trying this. Like, I don't really know. Want there Mario might... and Batman in the same multiverse. There, there might be an impassable wall right there that Kingdom Hearts Four will need to break through. That's incredible. If Kingdom Hearts Four does anything with Star Wars or Marvel, dude, all, all we need is for um, is for New York to be a playable world where. Sora can swing with Spider-Man, and there you go. We'll be able to connect Mario to... Uh, to Batman. Batman. Yep. That's how you would do it. Good yeah. God. <laughs> um, all right. Sorry. <laughs> we, we both got ADHD, and we were both very excited by that. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, you can follow uh, the podcast... At Cape Corner on Twitter, if you want my personal thoughts, which you probably don't, uh, but uh, <laughs> you, you can follow uh, at Beyond Blue Thirteen. Uh, Jordan has his own podcast, The Fandom Optimist. It's really good. I was just on it. Uh, you you should give it a listen. And you can also follow them at Fandom Optimist on Twitter, or you can follow you at uh, Jordan Blue Man on Twitter. Right? Yep. Um, For my insanity uh you can support the episode on my anchor page it works just like patreon um or you can share the episode with a friend if you're looking for a free way to support the series uh that'd be very helpful again i've got a good catalog of characters we've gone over so far um so i'm sure you can find something that your friend would be interested in um Believe it or not, for as as stupid and insane as I can be, I do tend to be pretty knowledgeable about stuff. Uh, <laughs> I, I retain unnecessary levels of information about things I have only passing interest in, like Scooby-Doo. Yeah, we just managed to go over an hour and a half for a Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and and I used to Google things a lot, but now I just sort of lay in bed and record these so all yeah. of that stuff i said came off of my brain yeah i remember when i first came on this show i was like go i was going at it i was like well we're talking about iron man so i went and watched some episodes of the 90s animated iron man series just to prepare and like looked i've got his wikipedia pulled up i've got some comic book history i've listened to some recaps of some important comic book issues yeah you used to, you used to come to these prepared and i'm like yeah i know who scooby-doo is did you even watch the episode like i said i didn't didn't find time to (laughs) it's fine (laughs) um uh support the series shared episode with a friend uh i already did the ad break i I gave the twitters uh next week listen for something cool Mm -hmm. maybe wait maybe is it next week Maybe. or the week after? 
It's one of those. Keep listening. Listen to Cape Corner Forever. I'm great. Keep, keep tuning in or you'll miss something. <laughs> uh, there's just cool stuff. Lots of things. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Stay strong. Stay true to yourselves. And remember, well, we can all be heroes. You meddling kids. Was, man. I've been fucking it up since the start on this one. <laughs>